another year is in the books, Jake. Another year come and gone. 2018. Sunrise, sunset. Coming to a close. Jesus Christ. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. (laughs) This is the fourth year of doing this now. Um, We're doing the end of the year recap. I'm a little, like, punchy right now because work has been insane. I'm wrapped in a blanket in my bed. Yeah. You're putting you're shouldering the load here in terms of putting the document together. That's all right because I would say on probably 90% of episodes you do that. So that's fine. Okay. It's fair for me to take that on once in a while. Yeah, but it's episode 140 of the Listening Podcast. Uh we talk about music and we will be talking about 2018 music in this episode. If you're listening to this and you have not checked out our previous two episodes, um we did 2 weeks ago our favorite songs of 2018. Um, and last week, we did our favorite albums of 2018. Um, do people say 2000 and anymore, Sean? Because I just did, for the songs one, I said 2018. No, I feel I don't like hear they that don't. I feel like anymore. it's a 2018. Yeah, I don't... Like, I feel like especially once the 20s start, which is A, weird to say. Dude, what? what? Okay, so what are we going to call this decade? Like the teens. The tens? The teens or the tens, or yeah. Really? It's a weird one. I don't like that. And I don't... There's, I think people there, call the them the jury's teens. still out on what we're calling the 2000s. I call them the 2000s. Most, Some people call them the aughts. I hear the aughts most often. Because the 2000s is like is going to be this millennium, dude. I know. I know. It, it's confusing. It's hard. People it's hard. will eventually call it like the 2100s, the 2200s. Yeah. We'll have to get that figured out. We cause... will. But by the 20s, dude, we're going to be... That's easy. The twenties. Because like when people when like, you say the twenties though, I still think of the nineteen twenties. So do I. But I bet people in nineteen twenty did too, and like, you know what I mean? Like thought of eighteen twenty. Yeah. Well, maybe not because like, I feel like their visibility to the past was less than ours is. Maybe, but like, so okay, so in the moment, I think it depends on your perspective too. Because I feel like in the moment, people thought of the nineties as the nineties. Yeah. I think it actually, it's an, probably an early century thing. It is. The early century is tough. To, it's still getting its legs. Think about the fact that in 12 years, when yeah. we're in our late 30s, we'll be able to say, like, oh, remember the early 20s? Fuck. Dude. Uh, so I brought this up to somebody I worked with. I said, think of the year 2023. I forget why that was brought up. Why that was the year. But that's like a scary prospect dude it, it like is. what yeah it is scary um the that's that's like the true future that is the future of dystopian scientific like science fiction movies yeah it is and if but if you had told me like think about you at the end of 2018 i'd be like oh you're saying 20 stuff now yeah 20 then the year 2018 like was a crazy ha- fucking has year, been dude. a dystopian reality as well I am beginning, Jake, to be a believer in the alternate timeline theory that either now there's two. I think either nine eleven set this off, and we are in a chaos dimension, um, living in the chaos dimension, or the twenty sixteen election and slash Cubs winning the World Series. Okay, so set I, things off on another path. Someone at work, big shout to big friend of the pod, Chris. Um, Mentioned this earlier. He mentioned the, the, the alternate timeline theory yeah. of the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series, and now we're in the hell dimension. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah. So potentially the darkest timeline. Yeah. Like in community. Yeah. So in 2023, yeah, life will be weird. Um, yeah. But life will be going by so fast that like we're we're not gonna remember that fucking year, dude. Oh no, I know, I know. I'm barely I, yeah. going to remember this year. Like we're getting to the point. Oh, I'll remember this year. <laughs> I okay. Like I will. I I know. I I remember it too. But once we get into the 2020s, in our 30s, dude, like years are gonna start really bleeding. Oh, together. I know. God. But here's the thing, listeners. This year was filled with lots of rich music. Yes, yes, and it was. tonight we're awarding. We're going to do something a fun last podcast of the year that we've done for the last few years, where we're going to award uh, different little superlatives and awards for different songs, albums, musical moments, artists, etc. Mm-hmm. But first, Sean, yeah, I wanted to run down the over unders. That we, so yes. that really it is, by and large, the pitchfork over-unders. So what we do every year, and we'll do this in January, is we look at the albums that are projected to come out in a given year, and we try to guess, okay, so here's an example of one that never came to pass this year. We said Vampire Weekend was going to come out with a new album, and we set the pitchfork rating over-under at 8. Mm-hmm. That album never came out, but as an example, Sean took under, so if the album came out and it got a 7.7, he would have won that if it came out and it got an 8.1. I would have won that. So um, we did that with uh, several albums. And the headline here, Sean, is you blew me out this year. You beat me bad. Can I just say, well, okay, a couple things. One, thank you for keeping track of this all year. I, I did do it last year. Uh, I was in no state to be doing that yeah, this man, year. Course. And I just let that go. I was like, Jake's got it. Like, he's going to have to carry yeah. the load here. So thank you for that, for one. Two, I think, so you took overs this year so you more more overs yeah i i mean i think i'm seeing in the ones that yeah i think i took more overs well first of all you took the over on total number of best new musics oh throughout yeah the year. so what we did the first over under yeah. is total pitchfork best new musics awarded yes so the line we set was 49.5 and it didn't come close no we we're at as of um well this date so with 10 days to go we have, we're at 41 okay. so unless we literally get one a day yeah which will never happen that won't happen you've won this year yeah. i won this one last year and right. i just rode the over train right. i think i might have gone under and i won by like a hair you did you won by like one or a half and it so, was as close as it could have been and my mentality was just i'll just swap that yeah so this year was it reminded me of 2014 in that pitchfork was like we're just not going to give that many best new musics this year yep. they are weirdly good at pegging like a sort of weak music year like yeah. 2014 was our last like really weak one i think yeah this one was another one and that bears out with the number of best new musics well, that they actually like gave. and a lot of that is a matter of perspective and pitchfork certainly has their own perspective but, and their own bias yeah but and i think this is a good episode to do this in what in five years jake when we are in a global warming swamp uh Hellscape. world yeah what album are we going to be thinking of from 2018 that was like a consensus classic where we're like, ooh, remember 2018? Like, no, I'm not talking about you and I talking together where we can be like, oh, shit, yeah. we loved Fox and we love this, we love that. I'm talking about overall. What is the classic? What was like, what are going to be five or three, even one or two classics that everyone's like, yeah, that album was that defined the year. There uh, is, I don't think there is no, one, really. Well, okay, so like in indie rock, I'm hearing, it feels like a lot of people are talking about Mitski and right. Snail Mail. Like, Snail Mail gets a ton of buzz. I, I've actually, f- like, 
fallen in love with that album the last two weeks. Right, yeah. And I a lot would, of people are. like, maybe switch that with Soccer Mommy in my top ten, to be quite honest yeah, with you. Yeah, people but, are all but in like, on that But that's record. not moving the needle. That's not like, oh, shit. Like, like I think about 2016, like, where yeah. it was like, oh, Blonde came out that year. Yeah. And, like, all these classics But in the moment, dude, like, in the moment, some writers said that Frank Ocean released half an album. Yeah, that's With true. retrospect, it seems like a total classic. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that, like... I think Stephen Hyden always makes the point where it's like I I've never loved the notion of like there are objectively bad music years. I feel like in some ways no, they're it's not very, it's bad. Where you look. I think they're weaker or stronger. And it has to be in terms of what you listen to. Yeah. So like yeah. in in theory, maybe there's stuff out there that you never found. Or, right. Or no, I doubtful. Doubtful. No, no, no. There definitely was. I'm yeah. sure there was. But um, uh, anyway, back to the pitchfork over under. So Jake, you took. We set the over under at what 49 for 49 total point, best new music. 49.5. So we would have needed okay. 50. We so only we would have had 50. Only at 41. So I did win that one. What What were the actual albums we did? Well, you also won, Sean. Total pitchfork 9.0 reviews or more. We set the line at four and a half. We only Ooh. got one. Was it uh, Yves Tumor? Yeah. Was that the only one? That's all we got. And you, you picked the under, so we got that. Wow. In terms of oh, album over-unders that we actually hit, I'll just run through them. Yeah. If we have comments, we can go over it. Um, I'll just do the ones that actually came out. Um, Justin Timberlake, we set the over-under at 5.9. Wait, a Justin Timberlake album came out this year? Man of the Woods. Oh my god, I forgot all about this. Yeah, I didn't even listen to that. Holy shit, uh, yeah, so I didn't either. We set the line at 5.9. Um, I actually got this one. I took the under, which was in retrospect kind of crazy, but I got it. It was a three point nine that Jesus. they gave this album. Three point eight. Three point eight. Um, okay, they M- savaged that. Huh? They did. Uh, MGMT. We set the line at six point five for their score. Uh, you took the over. I took the under. You won. It came out at a seven. Nice. Um, I think that deserves maybe a little bit more than a seven, even. Yeah, seven two maybe. Yeah. Camp Cope, we set the line at eight. Um, I didn't record what actually the score was on this one, so maybe if you look it up, I will look that because it looks like I stopped doing that. Um, you you <laughs> got push or under and won it. I got over, so I guess it must have been like a seven seven or something like that. Uh, that sounds familiar. Seven eight. Okay, look up Lucy Dacus. We set the line at eight. Also, I got the push or under. You got over and you won that. I think it was. Um. Yeah, this one ended up getting an eight-one. So you just barely by the skin of my teeth. You got a lot of the. You got a lot of the, like the. I think the close calls this year yeah. too. Like they every time I looked, I was like, "Fuck, yep. just missed that." Um, Titus Andronicus. I got this one. Uh, we set it at seven point five. I took the under. You took the over. I think it was in the fives actually. Like I think really? Six, I thought it. I six point oh. I thought it was in the six. It's lower than you'd think. Uh, let me look that up. Oh, a five nine. Yeah, I knew it was something uh, really kind of low. That album's better than a five nine. It is sure. It's not like up with their other work. No, but. Um, the 1975, I got away with this one too. Luckily we set it at 6.3 and oh, yeah. I got the over on oh, that. Yeah, it came out, I think it was at eight, five. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Arctic monkeys, you got this one. We set the line at a 7.5. You took the over and I think you just barely got it. Cause it, well, maybe they gave it an eight. I think they gave it an eight. Yeah. So that is interesting because, and I, and I remember when we were making this, Jake, we said Arctic monkeys, they never get reviewed that highly by yeah. pitchfork. It's got, I'm getting 8.1. Yeah. It did. You know what I noticed? A lot of strong uh, eight 
8.1 scores, no best new music on a lot of albums that we liked this year. Right, so I was getting doubly killed yeah, in this exactly. because yes. you would win one by like a point yep. and then it would not get a best yes. new music, so I'd get fucking stiffed yep. on that over too. Yep. Um, last three here, Drake, we set the over-under at a 7.8 for Scorpion. You went under and you got that. Yeah, and I, w- I, wasn't, I wasn't surprised by that because you could definitely feel Drake slowing in terms of critical appeal yeah what did that um, end up getting that ended up getting i think it was in the sixes jake i believe it was scorpion got a 6.9 actually and that nice. you know i like i like that uh i like that score i think that's a fair score for that album death cab for cutie we set the line at 5.5 oh, 5. yeah. i bet an under but you won with the over because i think it got like a six point something uh yeah i think it did and i i have to say this death cab album is decent it's pretty good it got a six even yeah it's a little forgettable um but there's yeah. some good songs on no, there there I are i guarantee you in a couple years you'll be in a mood to listen to death cab yeah. and you'll be like you know what i'm gonna revisit thank you for today and you'll be pleasantly surprised yeah which is what's happened with kintsugi too yeah kintsugi. Yes. yes um last one which was a uh, last minute call which actually lost you a point here uh-huh. um pine grove we said it an 8.2 i took the under because i figured they would not do a best new music i think they gave it a 7.6 or something 7.7 7. um 7.8 yeah i thought maybe it was like a 7.2 let's see let's see who's uh, right here let me see let me see 7.5 7.5 so the total tally for the year for albums you got one two three Four, five, six, seven. I got one, two, three, four. So I think a total of eleven of the albums that we picked to come out, mm-hmm. you, you won seven to winning. four, and you won both the total pitchfork over unders. So you you, okay. you ran away with all it right. This well, year. well, something worked out for me this year. There you um, go. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot a lot of things worked out for me this year, but you know, yeah. others didn't. Uh, okay, Jake, let's dive into our music awards and superlatives we have, we have a few different categories here um you know what if we think of any categories off the top of our head along the way feel free to shout them it. out i have one for you okay song you are most surprised to hear in the line at a chipotle this sounds very specific okay. and that's because it is wide awake by parquet courts was playing when I got lunch at Chipotle at work last week. And again, this was a situation where I was thinking, this can't be happening right now. Like, I've been listening to this album nonstop, and now it's playing at this place? Like, this is too on the nose. This yeah, is weird. Chipotle tries to, I think, curate, like, a hip playlist. That, good for them. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't have an answer for that, because I don't think I have an experience <laughs> right. where right. that happened. I do have... Another superlative for the song Wide Awake by Parquet Courts, which is the most surprising song to be performed live on the Ellen Show. (laughs) Yeah. Which this fucking was, dude. People, go YouTube Parquet Courts Wide Awake on Ellen. Wild stuff. They did a really good job, and like Ellen loves this song, and like she likes to dance to it. Crazy, man. Ellen is... She's actually... I like Ellen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do too. I, I like Ellen a lot. Um, so our first, no, 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 this is our third now. Third. Yes. Our third category. (laughs) Don't discount our other two. Our first category that we both did, uh, best guitar riff. Um, what'd you go with here? Uh, I chose the song charity by Courtney Barnett. Uh, that album I didn't love. However, the song charity I played a lot. It's a highlight. And there's a nice bright guitar riff on there. Yeah guitar riff that i really really enjoyed so that, mm-hmm. that was my pick here 
Mine was Total Football. That is probably my actual answer, but I didn't want to copy you. This is the opening track of the Parquet Courts album. Um, It just completely rips. Mm -hmm. It's such a catchy, aggressive, like, power chord riff. Yeah. And I love it. Absolutely. Next one, Jake. Best live show. Yeah. Um, I had Mitski here. I got to see her um, in Portsmouth at 3S Art Space right before Be the Cowboy came out or right when it did that week, whatever it was. It was right around that time. And she was kind of testing out her new live show where, like, she's not playing any instrument. She's doing just, like, this crazy, like, interpretive dance almost for it. Blew my mind. Best show, hands down, I've seen. if Not just this year, but in, like, the last couple years. That sounds sick. It's one I missed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So the one that got the nod for me was Remo Drive, which I saw with Big Friend of the Pod Josh in Portsmouth at the 3S. Also at Art 3S. Space. 3S. Big shout to them. Big shout to I them. I gotta get back there for a show soon. Um, do you want to skip this next one? Did you have No, anything? actually, uh, I forgot to add any for this, but I will do it off the top of my head. We have Best Chorus. Jake, what what did you have? My two that I put, one is sort of like for the, the it, it's not my favorite maybe, but I put Love It If We Made It by the 1975. It's a which, great, great pick. Great chorus, that. great song, and I have Butterflies by Casey Musgraves because I think that on my favorite album and one that's full of hooks that I think is the most purely catchy chorus on there. Yeah. Um, now, Jake, I, I do agree with that 1975 pick. I have another one for you, though. Okay, let's hear it. I think uh, it's not loving. It's it's not living if it's not with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it also an undeniable chorus? Yep. And uh, if Out Like a Light counts from Sicko Mode, if that ca- like I did half a Zan 13 hours to that, if that counts as a chorus, then I'm picking that. Yeah, I, that's tight. Oh, oh, you know what the other one is too? Uh, where the chorus on... Uh, where the chorus? <laughs> on, yeah. Our, that, that, that's another one. Um, next, we have most surprising album uh, or albums. That, so basically, the albums that took you most by surprise. The way I interpreted this is one that basically... For me, it surprised me how much I liked it, or I just didn't even see it coming at all. Mm-hmm. The two I put on here were Tierra Whack, Whack World, uh, which I loved and had no idea she even existed, right. which is also the story with Sydney Gish, with No Dogs yeah. Allowed, which I put yeah. on here. Uh, to be honest with you, I think 2018 was the year of kind of surprise albums, because the ones that we were relying on, I think, more often than not, fell flat or were a little disappointing. Uh, so there's a lot here. I, uh, definitely the two that you had mentioned, but... Astro World by Travis Scott. I did. I don't think anyone really expected it to be no, as good true. as it was. Even Foxing, near my gut, that surprised me too. Because like Foxing was a band that you know I was aware of. I didn't love, and that ended yep. up being my album of the year. It's incredible that album. It, um, it was a surprise. Ton of great rap albums that surprised me this year. Like that J Cole one, Kod surprised me. Um, you know, that Casey Musgraves one even was like, this is a country album. I I don't usually go for that. And I liked it. It was your album of the year. In many ways, maybe that should have been my most surprising just because, yeah, yeah that maybe is the most surprising thing to happen for yeah. me this year is that my favorite album is this country album. Yeah, exactly. And it like wasn't close. Um, I want to let you go first on most disappointing album because I think you objectively have the right answer. Yeah, this was uh, Kanye West. Yay. This was... Um, Disappointing for a lot of reasons. I think one, the the songs weren't there. The music didn't live up to Kanye West standards. He and, has disappointed us in and, many and ways. He himself has his views, his the way he he handles himself and kind of is acting and what he's saying. That has all been disappointing. So Kanye, as a whole, 
disappointing. Yay in particular, disappointing. Yeah. It's 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 not only, even if you like even if someone likes the songs as they are more than you do, which I think I do by a hair. Yeah. It's still very slight. There's nothing to it. There's not even a single song that I think would rank in his top 15 songs of all time or Hell 20. No. Yeah. It would be hard like if we did a Kanye West songs bracket again. Yeah. I don't know that like any of these would would get far. Maybe I, like maybe one could be a shocker as a fifteen seed or something, but I doubt it. Right. Um, most underrated album. No. What was what was your most? Oh uh... yeah, right. I'm skipping stuff here. Uh, my most disappointing album was the Camp Cope album. I uh, just flat out don't really like it, man. I just don't think it's. it's I don't know. It's it so interesting because like. It's been getting a good amount of love on these end of the year lists, and it's been Ian Cohen shouted it out on that yeah, Stephen Hyden podcast, which was excellent. And it's too bad that that is going away. Looks like um, he's gonna take a long hiatus. Yeah, which sounds like he's working on a bunch of other projects. Looks like the Listen In podcast will have to uh, fill in for for right. that. But yeah, it's been getting a ton of love, which I understand. I want to like this album a lot because I really like Camp Cope. I love that first album. I love two the first two songs on here. Uh, I just it's a little boring. It's I wanted I wanted more. It's from not this. a very good album. Yeah, it, there are the the opener and how to socialize and make yeah. friends. How to socialize and make friends is one of my favorite songs of the year and probably one of my most listened to. I love that song. This might be we might have said this before. Um, do you think this is getting? propped up a little bit based off of its politics and its stance yeah on which is important and i think it should be yeah. credited for that but I, I i just don't know that the songs are totally there yeah i 100 percent agree and it's like i agree with all the shit she's singing about right but like in some of the songs i just feel like they may as well just be said or written yeah i have a couple more for disappointing for you jake um not that these were ever going to be any of my favorites necessarily. Okay. I think that Beyonce and Jay-Z album sucked. I think that was so lame. That was a, hey, we're going on tour together. Let's do an album that's basically just a, a piece of marketing for us and how like strong our relationship is now. Didn't feel like it made that many waves either. Really, like it was at the moment, it like kind of blew stuff up, but I just feel like I haven't heard really anyone talking about no, that. No, because it's not good. Uh, the other one for me was that Aesop Rocky album. Oh, I think, yeah. I think that got lost in the year of rap. No one has talked about that really the since it came maelstrom out. maelstrom of albums that yeah, came out. Yeah, so I, I was a little disappointed by that one. And, um,. I have to say, there's some bands out there that I enjoy, like Hopalong, Y Oak, um, Joyce Manor a little bit. Joyce Manor that put out good albums, Titus Andronicus. Yeah, all bands I really really like that did not put out their best work. Uh, agreed. Where if you looked at it on paper and you said these bands all released an album, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is gonna right. be incredible. And yeah. none of them were really their best. First Aid Kit, even early, early in the year, I, I, a folk duo that I, I really like. I don't but... expect you to agree with this, but for all that people touted the new Beach House album being a departure in their sound and stuff and being this it, like new right. thing, I still was like, nope, it's not a departure, but it's a good album. Yeah, it's definitely good. Um, but I could, I could see it maybe lumped in there a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what's our next one, Jake? Most underrated album. We both have one that is the same on here, and that is Foxing. Yeah, it, it has to be Foxing, right? It was Mirror My God. It was the podcast album of the year. Yeah. We gushed about it ever since it came out. It was so fucking good, and it got no love. No in any one list. talked about it besides like Ian Cohen. Which big shout out to him. And it got an eight on Pitchfork. Yeah, but like it, 
it doesn't seem like it's getting a lot of play. No. Not a lot of people are listening to it. It's I haven't seen it on many do, lists. Do we discount how polarizing the, uh, that dude's voice is? I don't think it is. Yeah, I think we might because uh, personally, I think it for the most part the vocals on that album are pretty palatable. I thought. I thought so too, but maybe not. Here's the other one, Jake, that might be a little controversial to say is underrated. Now, I, I'm separating this entirely from whatever controversy may be attached. That Pine Grove album, Skylight, was literally underrated. Yeah. No I, one rated it. No one no one reviewed it. I know. And when it got reviewed, the scores were all literally lowered because of the controversy. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I'm I putting that on there as just like very literally it wasn't really rated by that many people no i i agree and i that's sort of similar grounds upon which i did the foxing album where it's like this album is great and it's just not getting really talked about yeah uh but yeah i agree with you on pine grove for sure here's an interesting one jake most overrated album yeah you didn't see that coming listeners no you Um, didn't i have a couple here i think it's eve's tumor eve's tumor okay yeah look I wanted to like this album a lot. The first couple times I listened, because it got a 9-plus on Pitchfork, I think I convinced myself that I really liked it. I went back and re-listened. There's some good stuff on there. There's some of it that I think is not that listenable. I think that... that, Okay, so that's... Not that that's what it's made to be. Right. I think that's the point. This is like experimental music. I I get it. You almost have to treat it separately or differently than... I went back. I I was all over the place with this album. Me too. Me too. It came out. I was like, whoa, there's some cool stuff. Like, this is awesome. Like, there's some pop. There's some, like, R&B. There's some, like, truly experimental, dissonant stuff. Yeah. Then I listened more, and I was like, I I, I can't keep listening to this. I don't... No. I'm not... I gotta be in the right mood. Then I was a little lower on it. Towards the end of the year, I was like, you know what? That album, like, went for it and was something that was so singular and different than anything else... And I have, you know, you have to look at that different than an album like Foxing, Mitski, whatever. Those are much more straightforward pieces of music. Yes. I, this is, like, different. I agree. I don't, I think, like, I don't know, man. I sort of don't think it is as experimental or that as crazy as some people are saying. Like I, I, th- I, I think that Julia Holter album is maybe more. It pushes boundaries more. It's crazy, dude. Like, listen to shit that, like, um, what's her name with that album Blood Bitch did? Jenny Vall, yeah. Yeah, like, that yeah. shit's crazy. Like, experimental is in the eye of the beholder. Like, yeah, that's a good point. But, but here's the thing. It had to be for me. And so for sure. me, the Eve's Tumor album, I was like, yeah, it's cool. I don't think it's this masterpiece. Right. Maybe I would like it better in a couple years. The other one I put is the 1975. Yeah. Um, because I think that album's very good, and there's some good songs on it. I don't really ever want to listen to it that much. And also, um, it's getting touted by some people as, like, the album of the year. Uh, and, like... Well, I, a, so the argument... I, and I will play devil's advocate on this Go one, ahead. too. And I hope you will do the same for mine. Um, is that album is 60% amazing. Like, there's, like, 60% of the tracks on there are, like, wow, these are can't miss. The rest of it is like, eh. Also, it's the narrative around this, Jake. 2018, tough year. They spoke to it on this album in a way that not a lot of other people did. And I think for that, they're rewarded. I feel like some of it was fucking on the nose and obvious. It was, but I think that is why it it got 
you know, you may as well just come out with an album called 2018 the album. We're all on cell phones. Like we fucking <laughs> oh, I have I'm like on Twitter all the time and like uh, I'm disconnected because right. I look at a screen all day. Yeah, right. They may as well right. call a fucking album. I look at a screen all day. Like I, <laughs> they basically did. I know, and like I get it. I get it. I get it. I here's the thing, and I'm I'm very susceptible to this, and I it, it's good you called me on it because I do it all the time. I hate shit that's like, this is our moment. Like, right, right, This is right. where we're at. It's like, I right. fucking know. I live right. here right now. I, know. I don't need an album to I kinda, summarize this year. I kind of like that, though, because it gives everybody something to point to and say, yeah, that was like a cultural moment. I like, think that's important. Right, but, the, but it's what I'm saying is it's more on the nose than a lot of those cultural moments. Like, people are comparing yeah. it to OK Computer, which to yeah, me is that's... like... Like offensive to OK Computer. But like, OK Computer <laughs> yeah. did it in a way that was much more artful and way less right. like... This is what's happening right now, man. Well, I think the argument there is we need these cultural touchstones to be so over the top obvious because we are our attention spans are shot. Who what? needs it though? Who is this album actively helping? Um, I think there's a lot of kids out there who really love the 1975, who are younger than us, Maybe. who like because we Jake feel a lot of that stuff. I think people who are in their early 20s now are feeling it even more because they are way more into their phones and social media and all that stuff we have a, at least a little bit of a remove i think yeah. this album is for people like that and i also think that this album does need to be over the top to get people to kind of pay attention to it right yeah i don't know man i just like for me I don't think it necessarily accomplishes all the shit that people say it does. No, but it's still a good listen. Right. It's still enjoyable, except for the songs that aren't very good. Right, but what I'm <laughs> so... so what I'm what I'm saying is like <laughs> right. it's overrated. Yeah. All right, here's mine. Here's okay, mine. Let's hear it. The first one, th so this US Girls album that came out in February, oh, you yeah. know, Palm Unlimited. There were a few good songs on there. That got a ton of love and is still getting a lot of love out yeah. of the year list. I, I, it was never quite for me. No, uh, I, 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 I never got into it either. I didn't love that. Um, the other one that I have for you, Jake, is this Robin album, Honey. Yeah. <laughs> this was like the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. For some people. And I listened. I listened to the singles more than a few times. And I look, I loved those Robin singles from earlier in the decade. Still listen to them now. Still love them. This did not seem to live up to the hype or the accolades that have been heaped upon it since it came out no and it I just don't, does not do it for me no and I, I don't really have a counter argument for you i think maybe i liked it a little bit more than you did but i, I it's overrated yeah. i agree with you and i i didn't really want to i meant to go back to it but the fact that i never wanted to or even thought about really doing it is probably not a good sign yeah so i yeah. you know no complaints from me okay okay fair enough um, we also have on here album you like, but never wanted to listen to this one was a trust tree for me, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't like admitting it, but for me it was, it was twin fantasy by Carsey headrest, yep. which I love and think is awesome. Right. I, ne I just never felt like listening to it. And I can't even really explain why, except the length and that there are songs on here that are like 16 minutes. They don't mm -hmm. feel like it when they're on. That's mm -hmm. always the case with Carsey headrest. And I, maybe I don't even have a really cogent way of explaining the fact that I just I would always just be like ah no another time that's fair because it is it's long it's long yeah, it's a commitment um, I just I'm not always in the mood I guess yeah for, for what, I, what I think car seat headrest brings to the table I think that's fair I was lucky enough to have a a really good run with it where I broke through that and uh, it ended up really enjoying it mine Jake I have 
um, Saba, Care For Me. Yep. I only listened to this album a few times. Every time I was, like, blown away. I was yep. like, whoa, this is so good. I'm in the same boat with that album. I just never... It was the same thing as Car Seed Redder. And I was like, I just... I don't feel like it. Me too. I don't feel like... And one of the reasons is this wasn't a fun rap album. There was a lot of fun rap albums this year. It's undeniably great, but I agree with you. It wasn't very fun. No. It was a t- It was a tough hang. Um, the it's, up, the, it's an accomplishment for oh, sure. Oh, without a doubt. The other one I have here, Jake, is this One O Tricks Point Never album, Age of. Mm-hmm. That one's awesome. It's really and I went cool, back yeah. and listened to it. Uh, I hadn't listened since June when it came out. That album's great. I've listened to it like twice this year, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's a little longer, I think, than some of his other ones. And it's, uh, yeah, One O Tricks Point Never is a thing where it's always, vi- it's dense and it's like a little yeah. scary. Yeah, some of his stuff, especially Again, like t- tough hang. Sometimes when I, when I listened to, I think it was was it Garden of Delete. Is it yeah, the name of yeah, the album? The one, yeah, uh, I really liked that album. Yeah, you but love that. Every time I went into it, I was like, "Ooh, I'm like a little freaked out, right?" Because yeah. it's very glitchy and it's a little yep. scary. Um, the other one that I have for you at the top of my head, Jake, is uh, Double Negative by Low. Okay. That album's great. Yeah, again. Whenever I put it on, I was like, this is going to feel like a little bit of a slog. Even though you like all of this, again, it's just not the most fun album. And I think you are better at sitting down at work and being like, I'm going to put on one of these more atmospheric-like soundscape albums than I am. Those are always a little bit difficult for me. Okay. Yeah, I did. I I did. I listened to Low a fair amount. Um, Yeah. Next one here. Album you didn't love, but you listened to more than you thought or meant to. Yeah. So kind of a weird one there. Basically kind of like the opposite of the one we just right. had, where it's like maybe this album wasn't that great, but you listened to a good amount. Right. I'll just come out with mine. It was um, Egypt Station by Paul McCartney. Um, it's not great, honestly. It's like it's it's okay. It's decent. Mm-hmm. There's some good songs on here, which I really liked, and like the novelty of the fact that Paul McCartney is singing new songs on this album. He's a living beetle, and I got caught yeah. up in some of the press that was going on at the time, where he was doing fucking every interview. And that's the, the best. That's the best part of the whole new the press. McCartney album at this point. Yeah, because I'm like, we get three new Beatles stories. I yeah. heard this time it was that he and the rest of the Beatles uh, masturbated together. <laughs> yes. Did you wow, hear that story? I did. I did hear that. Yeah. Um. So wild stuff. Yeah, that Paul McCartney album. Like, it's good. It's not great. Um. Yeah. That that's a good pick for this. Mine, I had Scorpion by Drake. Although, so this album is not great. Um, What I ended up doing was seriously just cutting out the songs I didn't like and just skipping over them and crafting a new version of Scorpion that I liked better. And I ended up listening to that a fair amount. That being said, though, I always knew I would listen to Drake a good amount. So it's not the best answer for this. It's like, of course you did. The one that I have on top of this uh, was, and I just I just lost it, uh, Jake. Hold on. I'll Hold filibuster. On oh, it's this Leon Bridges album. To. Oh, yeah. Good thing. Um, not as good as his first one, but this was one that got like played in the car a lot when I was in it and just around. And I ended up hearing a lot of this by Osmosis. And uh, that's another one that I listened to way more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, so I think those two, Drake and, and, uh, Leon Bridges for me. Okay. Um, next one. Oh, you know what? You know what another one is too? Uh, is that Metro Boomin album. Oh yeah. (laughs) I listened to that album a shitload when it came out. 
That's one of my most listened to of the year. I think it's like probably just outside the top ten of Damn. most listened to. And it's good. It's it's a good album. There's it, there's good tracks. As a whole, like I know for a fact I'm gonna look back and be like, whoa, you listen to that way too much. Yeah. I was just in such a Travis Scott twenty one yeah. Savage mode. There is no too much. I was much, just man. like, this is so much fun. Love is love, Sean. That's you're right. into what you're into. That, that's very true. And we were both into the winner of this next category. Th- this wasn't even a question. Best EP, uh, Boy Genius. Yeah. E- easily. I think in other years, this is a little more interesting because there's yeah. usually like four EPs that we, we both really liked. I think the other nominees here are that Remo Drive. Yes, I was going to say Remo EP. Drive for sure. Uh, the other one for me, this is a very recent addition, is Love in the Time of Lexapro by One of Tricks uh, Point Never. Um, that that one is excellent. That's f- only four tracks long. There's an Alex G feature on it. Uh, it's like 15 minutes total. Like that's the one of tricks that I fuck with. The uh, the other one that I would consider putting on here is the uh, more more EP. Heaven's oh, only yep, wishful. Yep, yep. Um, yep. that would be. Totally. Another candidate for me. Did you ever consider that Hatchy one as? I listened to that once and I was like, eh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, I didn't know. I for some reason I thought that was one of those ones that you like were into. Nah, so I, not okay. really. No. Um, best party song. We had one here that was unanimous. The, I, I think there's a right answer here, and then there's other answers that are that are totally fair. Sicko mode has to be it, right? Yeah. Like for, for me, I put sicko mode and I put all the stars. Which yeah. when. Black Panther came out, and Black the Panther. music from and inspired by by Kendrick came out. This song was huge, um, and pretty much everyone I knew loved it, and it was definitely played at gatherings and parties and stuff. I feel like Sicko Mode probably took the helm and was was bigger, but I, th- yeah. for me, those were the two that I, I thought of immediately. Another couple you could have put. I think God's Plan was huge early in the year yeah, good for people. A fair point. Um, for some reason, I associate that with last year. I have no idea why. I came out in January. So that's probably I think, it. It I just think. feels like forever ago. Yeah, but yeah, All the Stars is a great one as well. You know what was a sneaky one too? Was this Old House is All I Have? Oh shit, yeah. That, I, that was a sneaky one for I kind of wish I put that, but yeah. Um Shooter by by uh, Playboy Cardi with Lil Lil Uzi Vert was a fun one too. Uh but yeah, I think I think those were good options. Certainly. Uh, best music month, Jake. I think there's a hands down answer here. Yeah. It's, again, not even close, really. Yeah, I was surprised when I went to look at this one. Um, it's May. It's it's definitely last May. year. It was June, yeah. I, as I recall. Yeah. Um, so these are some of the ones that came out in May. We had um, so a lot of people love the Janelle Monae album, Dirty Computer. So if you right. want to count that, that's one. DJ Kose, Knock Knock, I think came out in May. Ice Age, Beyondless, um, Arctic Monkeys. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, Beach House 7, John Hopkins Singularity, which was big for a lot of people, the new Courtney Barnett, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake, that Ski Mask album, which got a ton of bu- yeah. buzz and love, um, Daytona by Pusha T, uh, and looks like a few others that weren't here's, as big. Here's the rebuttal, Jake, yep. that if it's not in May, it's August. Okay, And Let's that is August. because, well, actually, I'm not sure... Because to me, if, August looks kind of weak. If Astro World came out in August, or I just listened to it in, in August. August, yeah, it might have actually come out in July. 
Because July was also kind of weak. Because that's the thing is sometimes you get into an album during a month. Uh, no, it did come out on August 3rd. Okay. It came out on August 3rd. So you have Astroworld. You and have that Foxy. Playboy Cardi album. You have Die Lit, which I didn't love as much as some other people did. But still, you got Foxing, Dear My God. Tomberlin, At Weddings, came out that month. Mitski, Be the Cowboy. Yep. yep. That Death Cab album, not not bad. You know, no. Interpol Marauder, if you're into that. A Big Red Machine came out at the end of the month. And then um, you had uh, The Beths with Future Me Hates Me. August was a, I think, top-heavy month. Yeah. Like, three of those albums were in my top five. Yeah, it's top-heavy. To me, I think May takes it by sheer numbers. Yeah. Because if you look at, like, so Daytona, Wide Awake, um, Tranquility Bass, uh, those are all, like, top ten. Yeah. We just barely missed God's Favorite Customer, which is June, but... Um, but I don't it know. felt it felt all of a piece. Yeah, there. Ju- yeah, honestly, dude, for me, it's like May and June were both pretty damn yeah. strong. Uh, but I, I took May. Yeah, yeah, I, I will go with May as well. But August would would come in second for me. Uh, this is a fun one, Jake. Best album title. Uh, we we both have a few here. Um, let's go back and forth. I'll start. Titus Andronicus, a productive cough. Yeah. Now, on its surface, this seems like a gross album title or was- weird. Uh, I actually think it's really clever because this is Patrick Stickles saying this is not a fully baked effort from my right. band. This is I my coughs, my my things that like I, I I'm, cough up? I'm clearing my throat before I do my next thing. Even that is worth putting out. That is a flex of a title to name your album. It so is. for that reason, I that that's one of my nominees. One of the ones I had. This is an album I did not listen to that that much. Uh, and nothing hurt the spiritualized album yeah. title. I I think that it's just cool. I think it just sounds cool. It sounds very poetic to me. Yes, one hundred percent. Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino Arctic Monkeys. That that's a that's a fun one. Because Do you remember I, when we heard that album title? Yeah, and yeah. we saw the album cover. Yeah, how yeah. we were like, what in the fuck and is this going to be? You know what's even crazier than the fact that this is an album about like lounge music on the moon is that it's really fucking good. It's really good and it's so weird. I'm so happy we have this me, album me in their catalog. So that one's up there for me as well. Um, next one I had on mine, last burn, a uh, last building burning, the Cloud Nothing's album. This is one I didn't listen to that much. Didn't love. Where are you at with this Cloud Nothing's album right now? I haven't listened to it, in it since it like came out since yeah. that first week. Um, and there's some good stuff on it. I still really like Leave Him Now. Yeah. Um, I think that first track, once it locks in, is really, is really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't love it, but I would probably have to go back to it to really yeah. have a great sense. But I thought Last, cool, cool last Building Burning was yeah. a... Although, I guess, guess it's hard to say because I fucked it up twice. Uh, true, true. We both had uh, Be the Cowboy by Mitski on here. I think this is awesome, and she explained it as the cowboy is looked at as this character in our collective minds that is all about like freedom and and the ability to do what you want, where you want, when you want it. And she said, I wanted to call my album this to remind myself and others to embody that spirit and to be the cowboy. And yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. It's great. And it's also like a cool cowboy is a cool word. Mm-hmm. It's a cool bit of poetry from her. I like it a lot better than the name puberty too. Me too. Which always makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, I, and we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later because we still have more to talk about Mitski. I, I think she usually has cool album titles, with the exception of Puberty Two. Even Puberty Two is interesting. It's though, interesting it's because it's like you go through puberty, yeah. but then you're gonna go through this other stage where it's like 
other shit's changing. I love, I love Bury Me at Makeout Creek. I think that's an amazing album name. It is, yeah. Then her one before that is Retired from Sad, New Career in Business. Yeah. That, or something along those lines. Very, very cool album titles from Mitski. Um, we both also had God's Favorite Customer from God's Favorite Customer himself, yeah. Josh Tillman, Father John Misty. Yep. Um, I, it just feels like so appropriate yeah. for what he's all about and the content of this album. Yep. He's just like this troubled troubadour singer-songwriter who's like, I keep fucking up. I mm-hmm. keep like just getting fucked up and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> writing these songs that are self-centered mm. and like... I like it because you can take it as either intense self-love or you can take it as self-deprecation where he's like, look, I need the most help yeah. of anyone. So I'm turning to God more than anybody. Right. And because- I'm I'm spending lots of money with this guy to right. try and yes. you know, get some fucking help. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, I have two more, Jake. One, You Won't Get What You Want by Daughters. Did you ever listen to this album? Um, I actually don't think I did. Okay, th- this... Isn't it, like, really heavy? This album's wild. I This is, like... People love it, dude. Some people love th- it. This falls into the same camp for me as Eve's Tumor, where it's, okay. like... Okay, This is more palatable. There's better, like, I think, better stuff on this in moments on this. There's still some, like, crazy shit, um... I love the album title of just "You Won't Get What You Want." <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's very fitting for uh, life yeah. and maybe this year too. And then the other one I have is "Love in the Time of Lexapro." That's the One O Tricks uh, EP that I had mentioned earlier. I just think that's a cool name. I think if you name anything "Love in the Time of Blank," yeah, it's like it sells. Like, I'm gonna like that. I think yeah. that's cool. Like, for example. Um, Jeff Rosenstock is in a band with, fuck, I forget his name now, but they're called Antarctico Vespucci. Oh, Antarctico Vespucci, yeah. yeah and they put out uh, an album pretty recently called Love in the Time of Email. Um, yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, uh, I like I like those those titles. They, yeah, I, I, if you were to pick one, what, what would your favorite be? Of mine, um, my favorite of those... Ultimately, I think the best one is is Be the Cowboy. I would agree with that. I think that's that's a really really cool album title. It's one that makes you think, and it has like a not a story, but it has like meaning behind it. Yeah, you know, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, next category in a similar vein, best album cover. Um, what'd you have here? Yeah, so a lot of the ones that you would put. I, I also did God's Favorite Customer is another one. I, I think it's that's cool. one of so Father John Misty always has good album covers. I love that he's like, I'm gonna stray away from maybe like the psychedelic art that the I've had on the other one. Of these albums. And I'm just covers. gonna go with my face. Yeah, it's a <laughs> great cover. The the look that he has on his face, the way he's like scratching or, or holding his face looks amazing. It just looks so world weary. Yeah, it does. The color, whatever like color palette is being used there looks awesome. His beard looks fantastic. Got a great head of hair, that guy. Handsome, handsome, handsome man, Josh handsome Tillman. Handsome cat, that Josh Tillman. Yep, so that was definitely We don't up talk there. about him much. Um, I know <laughs> we don't. I also, I got the vinyl of this, and I got like the, the teardrop edition where it has these little like embossed, yes. shiny blue teardrops coming down from his oh, eye. That's very cool. It looks very, very cool. I love that. Um, yeah, dude, his album packaging is always sick. Oh, he he knocks it out of the park. Um, um, you also had Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino. Yeah, so I, I think in some ways this is like 
not a great album cover, but it, I remember... It's cool. It's weird as hell. Like, I don't even really still know what it is. It looks like a reel-to-reel on top of what? So, yeah, it's like it's like the tape machine. Then on top of it, it is this model that I think Alex Turner made to represent, like, the the hotel or like the base on the moon or something it's supposed to like embody that idea i think and like it, it's it's so weird because it's just this it's the picture of like the piece of recording equipment he used plus this little model i guess i didn't even know that's what it was but uh, so it's crazy it's like it's, it's almost... like a miniature of a hotel like you know when they announce a hotel yeah, and then yeah. you see the little miniature of it that's like what that is which is so weird and it's like it Remember when, again, so I bring it back to when the album title was announced. Yeah. And the album cover came out. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. I think it embodies the sound of that album so well, though. You're like, yep, that looks like how that album sounds. It does, and it's like... It's all, it's all dark around it, yeah. and then there's like this one like, what the fuck is this thing in yeah. the middle? It's It's... Very apropos. And it makes it feel smaller and more, like, insular than most of their stuff. Right. It's like, yeah, Alex Turner probably made most of this by himself. Yeah, On that fucking yeah. reel-to-reel. Um, the other one that I had, Jake, is Daytona. Yeah. And I want to ask, is it offensive to like this album cover? Because it's Whitney Houston's bathroom. <laughs> it's a picture of her bathroom where she died. I know. Well, dude, I almost... Is that fucked up? No, I don't think it's fucked up. It was controversial when it came out. I considered putting it on there, but didn't because of that. So maybe it is controversial. I don't know. I will say, let controversy or offensiveness aside on this, it looks like a classic album cover. Yeah, it, oh, it absolutely does. So that, yeah. that's that's why I had it. It's really cool. A couple others I had, or one other, because I see you have more. Um, Kids See Ghosts. I really like that that he, that sort of that album cover. It has this cool, very vibrant, colorful, watercolor looking, like Asian inspired yeah, art to very it. Cool. Um, love that album cover. Yeah. Love that kind of art. Me too. Me too. I really like that. Uh, the last one I had, Jake, is Alien Boy yeah. with Sleeping Lessons. I was jealous now, of this one. From th- you. This is an album that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of or don't know the cover for. If you don't, I I would recommend checking it out. It's cool, but not in a way that you would necessarily expect. So. It's like split into two where like there's two images of the same room, but just like stacked on top of each other. It's this person laying in a bed. And I think that the colors with it, it's like this red, but then like this vibrant yellow orange in the back. And I I just think those two colors with each other and then stacked is really, really cool. Yeah, and it has, as I recall, like a nice font on it too. Yeah. Um, I it reminds me of an album cover that like Bell and Sebastian would do. Yeah, it's a good which, point. Which I like. Yep. My last one was Little Dark Age by MGMT. Has this bright, vibrant yellow. I feel like you don't see a ton of. I mean, you just mentioned yellow, but I feel right. like you don't see a ton of like just plain old. This is truly yellow, yellow album covers with that kind of with the dark art on the front yeah. of the the guy or whatever that was. It's sort of trippy. It's also like I just feel like it's sort of. It felt like it had a clearer focus than their more yes. their most recent album cover with them like on a lawn with a yeah, lawnmower. Yeah, I would agree. I thought it was cool, and I just liked the way it popped. Honestly, yeah. So that's uh, no, why I, I, I agree. I like that one me. too. If you were to pick one uh, out of our nominees, what what would you have? My I, my favorite for me is Kids See Ghosts. Okay, 
I will probably pick Daytona. God's favorite customer is a very close second. That's though. probably my second too. Yeah. Be the Cowboys should get a shout too. I think, yeah, it should, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's up there too. Uh, best opening track, Jake. So best opening track from an album. This yeah. Year. Um. So there was a lot of options. There's so many. I think we can go back and forth here. Uh, one of mine was Total Football. Gotta have Total from Football. Parkhead, I, I would agree with that. That would be on mine too. Stargazing by Travis Scott from Astroworld to kick that off is an awesome one too that I had. Um I had Feel the Love. Oh, yeah, feel how I missed that. Yeah, Feel the Love would from, definitely be be on the list. Is awesome. It's it's, it's such a cool Where song. Where the chorus. Uh Star Treatment from Tranquility Base. Had we've that on we've mine talked too. about that. That's definitely up there. Uh Bite the Hand from the Boy Genius EP. This is one I missed but definitely should have been on yep. my list. Uh Destroyer from that La 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 album. Uh, Rings by Pine Grove, Geyser by Mitski to kick off Be the Cowboy. I ultimately didn't pick Geyser because on an album so full of tracks, it was weirdly, and I didn't expect this, like, middle of the pack for me. Well, yeah. Which and, is weird. And I will, it's, it is towards the top for me, but what I will say is it never felt like an opening track. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, I was always I, like, oh, Geyser's opening this album. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Uh, and then, uh, Mentioned Alien Boy a second ago. Somewhere Without Me that, is the song on that album. That is, it just kicks it off into such a high gear. That song rips. It's fucking awesome. It's the best song on that album, in my opinion. I love that song. I, I have a big soft spot for opening tracks in general. Me, yeah, me too. A couple others that I had on my list were Slow Burn from Casey Musgraves, which mm. I think sets the tone for that album perfectly yep. and is one of the better songs on the record. Um, and I had. Uh, well, I, I had Star Treatment, which you already mentioned. Yep. Which uh, is another tone setter. I'm picking... If I'm picking best song, it's Bite the Hand. But if I'm picking best opening track, I think it has to be Star Treatment, weirdly. Because that that sets the tone for the album in a perfect way. If I'm picking one song to listen to, it's not going to be that. But in the context of an album opener doing its job, I think it's Star Treatment. Yeah, it, it's really tough, but I think I'll just take a simpler route and just say Total Football. Total Football favorite. too would be yeah, would be it's would be just a straight one. up my yep, favorite. Absolutely, uh, best closing track, Jake. There actually weren't that many strong ones. I feel like no, even the albums that I loved this year sort of ended on a weak note. I agree with you. There are two songs on here that we both had, which are Tenderness from that Parquet Courts yeah. album. Um, and Lambert from the Foxing album. Yes, yes. Um, both of which, so kind of different endings. Tenderness ends the Parquet Courts album, I think, on a bright note after an album of, you know, there's some bright songs on there, but it's heavy subject matter. It's dense lyricism, um, and it's, you know, it's intense sort of like, there's nihilism thrown in there. There's a lot of existential questioning oh, yeah. on this album. Um, and Tenderness kind of feels like a very human moment. Lambert is a massive reach for the fucking stars musical moment by Foxing, um, yes. where the vocals just absolutely explode. Yes. Um, and then you had the Ultra Cheese. Yeah, I put yeah. the Ultra Cheese on there. I had a soft spot for this song. I loved the... It was, like to me, like the ultimate croonery yes. sort of ending. It's this slow, kind of very old-school-sounding track. Um some great lyrics. We'll get to some of those in the lyrics uh, yeah. section. Here yeah, those are good up. picks for sure. If I had to pick one, I think it'd be Lambert for me. Uh, yeah, me too. I think that, yeah. Cool. I think that was like kind of the 
the best closing track, just yeah. in an almost objective yeah, way. for sure. Uh, let's get into favorite lyrics, Jake. So you were able to do a little bit more pre-work on this, I'll which just... is good. Uh, I definitely have some I want to hit on. I'm sure we'll have some of the same on here. Uh, but go ahead and dive in. I'll, I'll just run through mine. How's that? Or do you want yeah. me to? Do you want to bounce off? Uh, we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay. Uh, so I picked a handful from Wide Awake. This, so if we're gonna talk about albums that I think have the most density of great lyrics, I think Wide Awake wins for best lyrics in general this year. It, yeah. So for me, it, it broke down into albums at first, and then I tried to pick some moments. The albums that immediately jumped out at me. Mostly in a rock setting, there could have been some in rap, but usually like I hear lyrics more clearly through rock. That's just honestly a bias and what I'm experienced in more. Um, it was Wide Awake, Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino, God's Favorite Customer. Um, in Wide Awake, the, the parts I picked were Fuck Tom Brady. Mm-hmm, yep. um, Glass Barely Bends Before It Cracks from... Uh, before the water gets I, too high. I, I want to hear your your take on that. Because that's an interesting lyric that always sticks out to me. Yeah. And I, I always am like, what could this mean? And what does this mean to me? I think what it means is like, you're not going to see as many signs as you fucking think. Yeah. Before stuff goes, before yeah. shit hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden it's just going to explode. Yep. And like, because that song is about global warming. Right. And like all the shit that's going to hit the fan. And like politicians just looking the other way. Yep. And I feel like it, it, that uh, that lyric captures so much about the anger that's teeming just under the surface with so many people. And that lyric to me just means like, look, like you people, like the one percenters, the politicians, you think like people are still going through running, you know, run of the mill lives and are just going to be fine because we look that way. Mm-hmm. But it, we are going to barely, we're, you're going to barely notice it before we blow up. That, yeah, that's, Which a, I, that's so a great I, point. Um, The other one I had... Savage is my name because savage is how I feel when the radio wakes me up with the words suspected gunman. This line, man, this, this might be the line. It's so good. This out, this, in an album packed of them, this might be the one. The other one off this song too, Jake, and I think you might have it here, um, about violence is daily life. Yeah, I, I the, do. The line about it's hard getting used to getting used to violence yes. is so great. Yeah, and the one I picked also from Violence was just Violence is Daily Life, which is the chorus of that mm-hmm. and sticks with me um, in a big way. Uh, another one I had, because one, I don't fully understand it, and two, yep. I think it sounds cool the way he sings it and actually fits it into a song. Collectivism and autonomy are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> which he, like, which yeah. he like screams, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is some communist-ass like, <laughs> I love like, it, rhetoric. Um I love though Jake on uh oh fuck what what song is it it's about how like um they turn your resistance into an overreaction into an overreaction yeah, yeah. It, all, violence is a big one lyrically Vi- on that violence album. might be like the most packed it's a screed yeah yeah it is it's yeah it, it's it certainly absolute... is um I have uh one Jake from uh, almost had to start a fight yeah. slash in and out of patience from that same album. I, I just love the chorus of this. Why am I searching for reason? I'm in the chaos dimension. Yes. Reasons eclipsed by tension. It's like, dude, reason. yeah, like we're in the chaos dimension. Why are we even bothering to look for reason in all this? It's all chaos. Dude, how fucking good is that album? So good. It's so cool. Uh, uh, the last one that I wrote here, and the, yeah, you could go on and on with this album. I didn't dig that deep below the surface. I just picked some that immediately the ones that, came like, to you, mind. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, the other one I picked was I can't count how many times I've been outdone by nihilism. That one hits way too close to home because for me I like it's like he I thought it and then he sang it. Yeah. Yes. Because exactly. it literally just that's so, exactly my life. Uh, when I rediscovered this album later in the year, tenderness was the song, and that line was like, oh shit, like. I need to pay closer attention to this album and keep re-listening because that I feel that. Um, Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino, Jake. Uh, for me, basically every line on Star Treatment. I, I love, I just wanted to be one of the strokes. This album, th or, or this opening line by Alex Turner, I just wanted to be one of the strokes. Now look at the mess you made me make. And then he goes into this, he's almost rapping. He's all down to the... Yeah, so that is such a flex of a line. He's like, all I wanted to do was be one of the strokes. And now he's like, now fucking look at me. Yeah. I'm playing, like, the moon. And and it's true, because Arctic Monkeys have outstripped the strokes in terms of, I would say, popularity and success. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. So I, I, like, I love, he's like, now look at the mess you made me make. Like, I, I, I went and did my own thing. This was a tough one for me, too, this album, in a similar way where I'm like, well, I really like every line yeah. of every song. Because I think it's funny, I think it's like, it's cheeky, and it's clever. I'm, I'm a big name in deep space, ask your mates. Yeah, so, like, so fucking funny. Like, it, it, that sounds like something fucking Han Solo would I say. I know! But, like, you can extract meaning from that. And we talked about it on that podcast episode. We were like, well... He kind of is a big name in deep space because if you think about deep space and say like in the indie world, yeah. like Alex Turner is a massive name, but maybe not a household name. Ask your mates. I so I went simple on one of these just because it's a line that made me laugh almost every time when I thought about it. Just Mark speaking. <laughs> Mark speaking. Just the yeah. fact that he would adopt the, this is on the song Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, and he goes, "So it's good afternoon, Tranquility uh, Base Hotel and Casino." Mark speaking. Please tell me how may I direct your call? I I just think it's so funny that he'd be this character, Mark. Yeah. Like I don't know why that kills me. <laughs> I know. Me. I know. So um, I literally wrote Mark speaking. Another one I wrote um, is the whole run in Four Stars Out of Five about um, the the on the moon. They're all getting gentrified. Yep. They opened a taqueria on the roof. Four Stars Out of Five. All that part. Yep. Got yeah. That that's all fantastic. Um. In let me. I'm actually gonna look up a section in this one in one point perspective. Is this the one where he's talking about like the soundtrack or or I've been driving around listening to the score? I yeah. love the way he sings that and really draws out score. <laughs> Me too. And because he goes, uh, um, such beautiful photography. Uh, it's oh, worth yes. it for the opening scene. I've been driving around just listening to the score. Yes. Um, and I also love the way he sings, bear with me, bear with me, man. Yes. Bear with me. He doesn't yes. say with me. He says I've bear with me. I've lost my train of thought. This has turned into like a uh, tranquility base, like jerk off part two. Yeah. Where like, we just love this album. Um, one more for you that I'm going to just quickly look up is in the ultra cheese. Mm -hmm. Let me grab it. It's hard to type all this shit out before the episode. Oh, I know. Um, so, I, I mean, one, obviously, is I've still got pictures of friends on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, like, I guess they, they're not friends anymore, that whole part. Um, but I love the entire verse, um, the second verse. What a death I died writing that song, start to finish, with you looking on. It stays between us, Steinway and his sons, because it's the ultra cheese. Um, perhaps it's that time you went for a walk and... Uh, dressed like a fictional character from a place they called America in the golden age. Mm, like, dude, that, yeah. like, I, I think that's so, 
poetic. Like, they're so poetic in the way he sings it. Before you even know what all the words are, there's just cool phrases in there from a place they call America in the Golden Age. Yeah, that's, that's sick. That that that's great. Um, for me, Jake, getting off the Arctic Monkeys, uh, Amen Dunes, believe oh, this yeah. interlude. I can feel it in the air tonight. Summer's almost done. They said you lived out on the wrong side. You said that's half the fun. Mm-hmm. This lyric, I really enjoyed this year because, you know, I wasn't working. I didn't, like, do shit this year. And I was, like, living out on the wrong side. Just, like, that's half the fun. Just not having to, like, answer to anybody. Right? Like So that that was a poignant uh, lyric for me this year. And, and you, if you say... To me, that you can feel it in the air. Yes, you're yes. gonna get me. And I, just that feeling of summer's almost done. You know what that feels like when oh, you're outside. Yeah. It's like oh, there's like it's not a chill, but I'm it, there's something different. Yes, there's just something yep. different. Here's a quick one-off for you before I go into some of mine from God's favorite customer. And this is another short, sweet one. Here's the first part from Boy Genius. Yeah, Liter- like literally that that exact little yes, one just because yes. i i think it is a perfect encapsulation of this is the first track yep we're really you're in this now the way lucy sings it is great yep um and i don't know why it just always stuck with me i get that, that literally that little tiny line stuck in my head all the time uh for me my favorite set of lyrics from that boy genius record are me and my dog yeah. I, I love the line i had a fever till i met you now you make me cool uh sometimes i still do something embarrassing uh I love that, but then I also love this chorus. I never said I'd be all right, just thought I could hold myself together, but I couldn't breathe. I went outside. Don't know why I thought it'd be any better. I'm fine now. It doesn't matter. Basically describing a panic attack there, which I really appreciate. And then I didn't want to be this guy. I cried at your show with the teenagers. Tell your friend I'll be all right in the morning. It won't matter. And then it goes into that I want to be emaciated. I want to hear one song without thinking of you. That the I want to be emaciated part is so awesome. Yeah. So th- such a good sing along. That is probably the best lyric song on the album, yep. I would say. Yep. So for me, the Father John Misty uh, lyrics that I put on here, I think one of the funniest lines in the entire year for lyrics, Mr. Tillman for the seventh time, <laughs> we have no knowledge of a film that's being shot outside. Those aren't, cl- uh, those aren't actors in a yep. movie. They're our clientele. <laughs> Um, no, they aren't running lines, and they're not exactly thrilled. Um, yep. Fucking hilarious, it, it dude. Is. The idea of him living crazed <laughs> on drugs in this hotel, yep. and like, and it's also really fucking sad. It is sad, and it's like, dude, he's like having this paranoid freak yeah. out about the fact that there's a movie God. being filmed outside. Uh, the other one, I, I, I assume this would be one for you too. We talked about this one a lot. Um, from Please Don't Die, Honey, I'm worried about you. Yep, you're too much to lose, and. Um, it a bit, put yourself in my shoes, whichever verse you mm-hmm. want to take it from or whichever run through of the chorus. Please don't die wherever you are tonight mm-hmm. is like beautiful. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had one for you, Jake, from that Spirit Night record, um, Running Shoes. So that song was another big one for me this year just in terms of uh, kind of speaking to to some of the the stuff that may have been going through. Uh, really just about, um, and I have to find it here, of course. Oh, yes, I, I, I love this. Uh, I don't miss the days I thought that I was dead. It's hard to live inside your head on only nicotine and bread. Now, I don't smoke cigarettes, right. but I do 
eat pretty unhealthily and eat lots of bread and have other vices that you can substitute nicotine for. So I really like that. It's hard to live inside your head and only like these things that don't really help you. Right. Yeah. Um, That's and then I, I love uh, right after that um, on only nicotine and bread with all the books you still haven't read. I'm putting on my running shoes to leave my bed. And then I'm planning a major comeback that no one will notice at all. Nice. Really liked all those. So I have a couple quick ones for you. One from the Paul McCartney album. Uh, I used to drink too much. I used to get stoned. I lied to my doctor, but these days I don't because I'm happy with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I, I feel like that's a happy line. And I, yeah. I think it's interesting in a reflective way he usually wasn't. In yeah, his that's like, a really good point. Usually he writes little... Uh, as John and George called them, granny songs about like other characters. <laughs> poor Paul. I know, poor guy. Um, a couple quickies, Pusha T, the wrist on that boy, rock star like Pink Floyd. So many good potential lyrics so many. from this Pusha T like, album. Too many. That's why I just picked one that immediately came to mind. I, I think his, now this isn't my favorite song on here, but I think on Infrared, where he really kicked off that Drake yes, beef, yeah. where he's like, your lyrics penning is equal to Trump winning. Like stuff like that is like yeah. scathing. Well, and his, and added on would be like yeah that yep. that just song would be yep. a, a great lyrical moment of the year um mitski nobody fucks me like me great line yeah great which line. i thought is great especially if you just look at it on paper <laughs> yes nobody fucks me like nobody me. fucks me like me yep great great a uh, lot of options on that foxing album too i think the one that always stuck out to us and it's for a couple reasons one yep. On slapstick it's the now i'm on the floor with a halo a headache from bad coke yeah uh there's so many you could have picked from there. I like, feel like for you, the one that always stood out was um, the vacations one. Always, always vacations. vacations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the now open the door so I can fall through or whatever. Like that yeah. that one too. I think Slapstick in general was the, the best lyric song lyrically on, on that record. Um, but I, I do think that Headache from Bad Coke line is cool because... He's really going into it and the distorted yeah, guitar comes crashing in yeah, under it. Yeah, yeah. It really like ups the energy on it. So I, I really that like part. that one too. I have one more funny one, Tira Whack. I hope your ass breaks out in a rash. You remind me of my deadbeat dad. Fuck off. <laughs> yep, that's great. Which I, that's great. I got a great deal of uh, humor from all year from her. Yep. Um, did you have others? No, I think we can quickly hit on some favorite musical moments. Um, yeah. For me, and you know what? I think we're going to have a lot of the same ones here. Yep. Um, the uh, the climax on Lambert. Yep. The, just when his voice really goes for it. That honestly, I think, is 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 my favorite uh, moment of the year. Just I felt that gave me goosebumps the first like 10 times I heard it. So that one is my favorite moment. It's incredible. The way his voice sounds is unreal at that part um uh for me i have yeah also the head glow bad coke part that we just mentioned mm-hmm. from that same album um couple quickies the opening guitar riff in total football um from uh wide awake by parquet courts the part where intrepid by pine grove really kind of climaxes um, and picks up intensity uh, and then I also have the songs Mother Into Love is a Wild Thing by Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. I listen to these uh, these songs like together almost all the time. Even yeah. when I play them out of context, I usually played Mother going into it because I love the way that – I don't even know if it was that intentional by her. I just felt like the yeah. segue was perfect for reasons I don't even fully understand. Um, one that I think we both would have is both the distorted trumpets yes. and when – 
the smooth funk yes. riff breaks in on This Old House Is All I Have. That would be like my number two moment. From Against yeah. All Logic. This That was my, I think, number two song of the year. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, And that part is just it knocks me Undeniable. down every time when it finally like fades into that yeah, groove. It's nice. It is nice. Cool. Um, here's one for you, Jake. Album or albums that you listen to once or twice and you like do not remember these at all. Like yeah. you, you definitely listen to it because it's tracked in our spreadsheet. But for the life of you, you couldn't tell someone how it went. Yeah, there's a couple for me that I, I legit and I probably could have found more. But I legitimately have no memory of lists of like what these albums were like, except for maybe dribs and drabs. Mm-hmm. Turnstile, Time and Space. I vaguely remember that this was a very heavy like mm-hmm. punk album. I listened to that too. No recollection. Almost That's on my no recollection. Well. I don't know how. I couldn't tell you a song name. Couldn't tell you a lyric. Couldn't tell you nope. a note of how that nope. album goes. Another. I listened to this album, Slow Buzz, by Remember Sports. Nah, I don't. I, don't, I never listened to that. No fucking idea yeah. what it even remotely sounded like, except I think it was kind of like fuzzy, 90s-y, okay. lo-fi okay. rock. Um, another I listened to, Tuft, Whatever Gets You in the End. Okay. No idea. So every year, I feel like this section is where we put all of the rock albums that we checked out that we were hoping were going to be this diamond in the rough. And this year, that Diamond in the Rough was that Vunderbar record. Yes. Where, like, I'm so happy I took a chance on that and kept with it. The, the one that I have here is this Pianos Become the Teeth album, Wait for Love. This got, like, a decent amount of hype earlier in the year. I I listened once, didn't like it, no idea how that goes. Another one for me would be the Janelle Monáe album, Dirty Computer. Barely remember uh, it. We'll, we'll get to that here, Jake. Albums you should definitely have made an effort to listen to, oh, yeah. but just didn't. Janelle, Janelle Monet is mine. I I noticed it did not... Some people were saying, oh, not as good as her other stuff, which I didn't even love that much to begin with. No. This came out at a time of the year where I think a lot of other stuff was coming out. I was just like, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to listen to that because yeah. I already know how I'm going to react. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I'm not going to want to re-listen. I was like, I'm just going to remove myself from that whole... Like, because I'll beat myself up over it if I don't like it. So I misinterpreted for some reason this category, and I realize now it's albums you flat out didn't listen to. So I actually don't have any in there that I. But but here's what I'll say: I put Deaf Heaven and U.S. Girls in here because I feel like I should have made an effort to listen more. Yeah, yeah. Janelle Monae would be another where I just flat out didn't right. keep listening. I tried it once and never went back. Um, but the one for me that I think, like, if we did this in the, at the beginning of December, right. it would be Astro World. Yeah. Because you loved it, I heard many of the tracks, and I just like kept not listening to it right. for no reason at all. For, right. Like I, I didn't have an excuse, didn't have a reason. I just like never got around to it. Yeah, and you mentioned that Deaf Heaven one. I didn't listen to that either. It got good reviews. It's, it's just fine. look if I'm gonna had a cool album cover. It, of course, yeah. Like uh, they're a cool band. I think if I'm going to listen to Deaf Heaven and really subjugate myself to that sound i'm going to listen to sunbather because like that is like like a true classic i guess and i only listened once i think so that would be the one that i'd be like okay i need to break in with that first before i listen to this one so never listen to death heaven next we have here best ambient or electronic release i picked um that grouper album yeah uh, as, as as sort of an ambient choice yeah so this year i think was an all-time bad yeah it wasn't great ambient electronic for me personally i think overall it was a little bit weaker um but i just wasn't in many situations where it lended themselves to listening to these types of albums until very recently um 
where I've mentioned this earlier, Love in the Time of Lexapro, that One O Tricks uh, EP that that just came out. I've been loving that. Yeah. Um, and look, it's four songs. One of the songs is basically an acoustic Alex G song. Right. So take that how you will, but that's my favorite. And yeah, that helps. Um, two more categories here. One, an album released not this year, not in 2018, that you discovered for the first time. Um, so I think we both have, looks like three. Yes. Um, so you have four. Do you want to go ahead? Yeah. So very, very early on, I think this was like literally the first week of January. I got into the 59 sound by Gaslight Anthem. Cause I think it was the 10 year anniversary this year. So I checked that out. Loved it. I think that was excellent. That was coming off the heels of getting into Menzingers last year. So I yes. was still in that, that headspace. In that mode. So I really enjoyed that one. Haven't necessarily listened to it. A lot since then, but I did enjoy it then. And then around that same time, the opposite end of the spectrum, I got into Homogenic by Bjork, which was also great. Um, the ones for me, the big ones are, and this is from the beginning of the year, uh, but it carried through a lot of the year, uh, Keith Jarrett, The Colon Concert. Mm, um, I listened to that one too. That one's great. It's incredible. Uh, it has these huge swells of, of piano. Um, and like I think I talked about this at the beginning of the year, but... It, it's uh it, it verges from jazz to classical to little bits of country and pop and yeah. rock and it's it's all improvised so all in the moment it's this hour plus of this dude literally sitting in front of a fucking piano and just like blowing people's Riffing. minds yeah. for an hour it's insane and it it there are moments that are like transcendent seriously captured on, well, like it, true musical genius captured on that tape. you would be like oh, he definitely had to have written this and is playing this as like a composition. No. There's one part in particular on the opening track of this where he's playing so much and so fast and it sounds so huge that you're like, how can that possibly right. be like one instrument? Right. Um, I gotta listen to that again soon. It, it's fucking incredible. And there's little parts where you hear him like, oh! Like, just like, he he's feeling it so hard. He's like, he can't even contain it can't take it do you want to do your the others yeah so these were actually my two favorites uh Joni Mitchell blue mm -hmm. I can't believe I had never listened to this until this year this album is a masterpiece it's a classic um I'm disappointed in myself for not getting into it sooner and then the other one I mentioned this earlier when we talked about Mitski this is my favorite album I discovered this year bury me at makeout creek it's by far the most listened to album uh that didn't come out this year for me Spent a lot of time with it. Went back to it over and over again. It's my favorite Mitski album. Um, and it really positioned her, for me, as one of the best artists that we have going right now. Um, and kind of won the year for me in terms of just artists I got into because of this album. Those those are both um, albums I need to spend more time with, but I did listen to and enjoy. my. So, okay, the next one is, for me, The Kinks. Um, mm. I got into... Arthur or the Decline of the British Empire, but my favorite album I got into this year is um, the Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society. Yeah, um, I talked about this a little bit I think when I got into it, uh, but it's this super quirky, um, incredibly written and crafted little concept album that almost sold nothing when it came out. Mm. And when people think of the Kinks, I think they think of You Really Got Me. Yeah, and they think of uh, All Day and All the Night. Yep, um, maybe like some of their later punkier stuff like they have that father christmas uh yes. like punk rock song that song's awesome it is awesome uh this is so different from that um and it's ray davies who's the lead singer and like primary songwriter of the band 
just flexing his muscles on all mm. this the various types of songwriting um and dude had the total command of all these different things it's, and it's like the way to describe it that i always hear people say and that i now agree with now that i listen to it is it's it's so fucking british the whole <laughs> right. thing is about growing up in britain and literally like spending time in these village greens and like there's this song do you remember walter which is my favorite song on the album which is just about like how he like ray davies or whoever the the narrator is has grown up and moved on to like bigger and better things and he's just remembering back to this fucking basic boring british dude walter who he remembers like being cool in high school but he's like now i bet you're just like fat and married yeah you're always home by half past eight like i <laughs> yeah. bet you wouldn't even want to talk to me about the old times anymore you probably forgot me that's so interesting dude this album is incredible i have just been like totally loving it yeah um, i i uh i definitely need to check those out give it some time give it a few listens yeah, before you make a decision sure. on it because yep. like it's definitely quirky and yep. like i don't think it's realistic to know what to expect the first time you go into right, it. Really. Right. Really. So that's that's my favorite album. The Colon Concert could be like one B. Yeah, sure. They're very different experiences, yep. so it's hard to pick. I will say it was not an all time bad discovery year, but it the the amount that I had listened to the last few years before twenty eighteen was definitely more than this year, and there were less albums that I discovered this year that I truly loved or got into. Um, I would say for me it was it was definitely less, but it was somewhat top heavy because the both those three albums I mentioned are like yeah. I love them. Now. Do you think part of that? I, I know one of one of the issues is certainly we're just listening to so much new music coming out, but I also think as the years go by and as we kind of check boxes of yeah I listened to this classic and that one and I'm familiar with it, I think over time we just have less to listen to that yeah. like is considered all time great that we might be missing out on. Obviously there's always going to be stuff to discover, but I think in terms of like what's canon, we're starting to, you know, check boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're starting to bleed it dry a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and this Jake brings us to our last category artist of the year or, or who just won the year for you in general. I don't think it should be a surprise with all the talk uh, about Mitski in this episode for me. I saw her live she put out one of my favorite records of the year. I was able to go back and rediscover some of her older stuff. Um, I think she's just an important artist and voice in music right now. She wins the year for me. Yeah, I, I, this was unanimous. I picked Mitski too. Um, she didn't have my absolute favorite album of the year, but it was in my top 10 or top mm -hmm. 5. She didn't have my favorite song of the year, but she had several in my top 20. Um, she has dominated end of year lists and end of year discussion more than a lot of other artists. Yep. Um, and I think in a year that came to define like, or where we came to really see in focus female artists and artists of, of diverse and minority in the U S at least minority mm -hmm. backgrounds come to the fore and really like have their statement album, mm -hmm. be the cowboy and Mitski in general, just feels like an artist who is like totally owning it and like has in my mind the most goodwill of any artist I can think yeah. of who came out with an album this year. Yeah. Where like Kendrick Lamar might have more or something, but like Mitski, it feels like right now she like basically everything she touches turns to gold. Yeah. The Midas touch. She, right. The seriously. Mitski touch. The Mitski touch. I uh, love and, it. And so it just felt like to me like in a year where we were other than her kind of void of someone like that, mm -hmm. like I think last year we picked Kendrick, and yeah. well, I picked Kendrick, and I think you had Father John and Kendrick. Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Honestly, if it, if it isn't Mitski this year, 
you know, I think a lot of the conversation culturally was around Kanye, but it was mostly negative. It was negative. And uh, then so he like you could say lost the year. I don't know who you'd put in. I'm glad like we have Mitski because like she ran away with it. it wasn't even close. Cardi B maybe would be up there for a lot of people. On a different part podcast, but, Cardi B would probably win. Yeah. Other than that, man, I think like you know, it's, it isn't really Drake because people have like kind of turned on Drake. Drake's just like a brand now. Like, he, yeah, he's like fucking Nike. So I don't really know who else it would even be. It, it to me, it was it was funny. It was one of these things where I got through my whole list, barely listed anything about Mitski. Got to this category and like, like with, oh, it's a no brainer. Just yeah. within five seconds, I was like, oh, that's Mitski. Right. Like right. she definitely like yeah. was the artist of the year. One hundred percent. I would say, and this is maybe unique to me maybe not i think travis scott had a had a big year i think he had a lot of moments this year and really put himself on the map in terms of being a household name or being a a household name in rap um but he didn't do enough to win the year it's not like that guy made that big of a difference it's tough too because so much of his success is tied up with other artists too yeah like i think a lot of the part people love in sickle mode is some of that drake stuff obviously there's the part where she said, "Where we going?" I said, yeah. "The Pope." Like that part right. is Travis, right? But right. Like, yeah. But a lot of the like the Drake moments are big in that. Uh, song yeah, too. I, I think some of the other ones you could say Ariana Grande maybe had some moments. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't even mention Mac Miller dying, but that, I mean, we've never been like that passionate year, Mac sadly. Miller fans. Yeah, but I think it, it bears uh, mentioning, mentioning for sure. in, should, in the yeah, recap a, a episode. Fallen, the, the fallen. Of yeah. The so I here. think those were noteworthy. Uh, pieces of news at least this year but yeah I think Mitski won it yeah for sure I mean I think especially for this podcast and for the two people who host it right that just feels like the most right, right one right because right. um, it does feel like there's two different tracks of music happening there's like kind of the more pop centric track where the Ariana Grande's and even Cardi B's of the world are discussed a little bit more and then there's like the the nerdy critical side where you get into some of the people that we've talked about. Right. Um, But I like, I like to bridge that gap though. For sure. And talk about both, but for sure. Yeah. So Mitski wins it 2018, kind of a shit year uh, across the board. (laughs) 2019. Hey, we're closing out the decade. Uh, We will talk off air about some plans we have for wrapping up the decade and things like that. So keep an eye out. Uh, our next episode will probably be in the new year where we talk most anticipated albums of 2019. Um, so and the over-unders. And over-unders, over yeah. So we'll, we'll see you then for that. It's always a fun one. So thanks for sticking with us through another year, a tumultuous year and the most of ours so far of years we've gone all the way through, which is just three of the years we've done this, uh, the one we were in and out the most. But we're still pretty consistent. Yeah, so, so if you stuck with us. Big shout to us, big shout to you. Thank you. Happy Christmas, Merry New Year. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. All right, we're on. Um... Busy week for me. Yep. Um, my brain's toast. Mm-hmm. I'm laying in bed wrapped in a blanket at yeah. the moment. It's like an FDR look. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have polio. Uh, I don't. 
that's rude to say. Um, I have a couple things here, Jake. One, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it is getting close to Christmas. So that means in the office, you have all these people bringing in sweets and and desserts and goodies. Which you don't like. I, I can take them or leave them. Honestly, like someone brought in cupcakes and I, I felt rude not having one because at the end of the day, they went around. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take one. I ate it. It was actually awesome. Apparently, she used to run like her own baking company or something. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that was actually really good. You know what I had some of the other day that Mary-Kate and I are going to make? Mm-hmm. Is that bark stuff where you take salt? That's really good. And yeah. You layer in, you do melted but- yeah. brown sugar and butter. Yeah. Which makes like kind of almost like a caramel. Yeah, those are good. And then that under chocolate. Right. Dude, that shit is addicting. Right. It's really, really good. There's good stuff out there. But my thing isn't like the desserts themselves. It's what is compelling these people to bring this in? Like, who has the energy, the time, the the desire? To bring in these treats for everyone. I'm doing all I can to, like, make it in in the morning and, yeah. like, do my job and, like, not go home and kill myself. These these people are trying to treat the whole office. I don't get it. I, I, I legitimately don't either, dude. And, like, I... Another thing, too, is, like, giving little Christmas gifts or cards dude, to people. Oh, like my today, God. Dude, yeah. I, I went in today. And on my desk... From members of my team, there were two cards and two gifts, and I was like, I was, I felt one legitimately like fucking trash. Yeah, because I'm like, I considered doing this for half a second, right? That's always and, what it and is. never even entertained oh doing it because I just didn't have the energy or time. Dude, I know. Um, I mean, I had the time. I didn't make the time. Right, right. Is honestly the the truth because they don't have the time either. They're busy too. So a similar thing happened where. Yesterday, I saw that people were planning their, like, Christmas gifts for, like, their bosses and stuff. I was like, fuck. I was like, I need to do, I have to do that. So I went Did and you? go talk to two other members of my team. I was like, hey, guys, should we, like, get her something? I was like, other people are, like, we can go out and get her something. It, it fizzled and fell apart. Like, I'm so fucking busy. If I wasn't as busy as I am this week, I would. But... I was just like, nah, it's not happening. I, I can't. Maybe I'll get her something over the holiday. And I'll be like, oh, like, you know, we were all out of the office on Friday. We meant to give it to you then. It was a crazy week. Like, here you go, belated. That's what I'm going to do. But, like, I know what you mean about feeling like shit. Well, it's like, dude, yeah. Because I, I was like, fuck, like, that's a nice gesture. It's so nice of them. Wait, what was it? No, there's nothing crazy. It was just, like, a card with a nice message in it from yeah. a couple of them. Like, a, a free cup of coffee for everybody from one of them to the cafe in our office like with the cup filled with like Hershey kisses wow and then like one guy went out and got like these little trinkety gifts everybody yeah. got when he randomized them wow. it was really sweet and I come in and I'm like fuck dude I barely got here at nine right like I I didn't think to do this yeah and now I feel kind of like a jerk like, I'm suffering from seasonal depression um and depression <laughs> so they're layered on top of each other i can't be out here like trying to get cutesy gifts for everybody this is the worst year of my life in terms of it feeling like christmas at all like dude it might as well not be i don't think i've heard like a christmas carol yet this year yeah i spent a little bit of time today on the on spotify listening to my christmas playlist but i agree it's same for me it's it's an all-time be- bad year for it because it's an all-time year for nothing is real <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and 
Yep. Like, existence is like a sick cycle. Dude, I, like, have been really struggling with that lately. Just like, what are we all doing here? What? Like, this is insane. And this leads me perfectly into my next point about not thinking, like, things are real and questioning, like, reality and what the fuck is happening. Yeah. I was watching the Celtics last night. They lost. Go, uh, while I was working, they lost to the Suns, who suck. And I don't know if this, if you ever see this, Jake. I thought I was losing my mind. I'm watching the Celtics. The commercials come on. There is a Dunkin' Donuts commercial where they're sipping on their fucking lattes or whatever. And there's no sound playing. It's just it, like they're mouthing things, but there's no sound coming out. And I've seen this now multiple times. It's always on Comcast Sportsnet, the app, on or on YouTube TV or whatever. And every time it comes on, I'm like, are they commercial incepting me? Where, like, they've played this commercial so many times now, they expect people to just know what they're supposed to be saying, and you say it yourself in your head. So it comes on on mute? No, because, like, there's still, I think there's still sound, but there's just no speaking. But they're mouthing things. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, what is this? And I looked it up. It it doesn't exist in that form online. I think I'm losing my goddamn mind, dude. I all I think it might be a glitch with like the app or that channel or whatever. But like I thought I was losing it. That's I really did. And it doesn't exist. There's no like Reddit threads about it. There's nothing. I couldn't find shit. I thought I was losing my mind this morning, too, dude, because I had one of my ocular migraines yesterday, and it, like, was there for an hour, went away, came back yeah. for, like, the rest of the afternoon, and then this morning I woke up and I was like, is it starting again? <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I started to warm up, like, is this going to be the rest of my fucking life, right, dude? Am I going right. to have this aura in front of my eyes for the rest of my life? I started to, like, panic before yeah. work. It, it subsided. But, but shit like that spikes my panic all yeah, the time. Yeah, so it's been, like, an all-time, like... I can't say it's been a bad week. It's just been like a, there's just been a ton going on and just so much to think about. That's the other thing too, is like, you know, I didn't work all year and I'm not like used to this. Yeah. You're back in the so swing So now back of into like the real swing of things, like being insanely busy is like, whoa, I forgot what this can be like. And yeah. I'm definitely still adjusting. And you and I both are very like sensitive to things and pick up on a lot of like subtleties and interactions and just g- general things like that. And I think to our detriment, honestly, Oh, oh yeah. It helps sometimes. Right. It's a hindrance. Most of the time <laughs> I wouldn't trade it, but still eh, I wouldn't trade it. But I think there's just too much like stimulation at all times. And it just fries me. You know? Me too. Me too. Yeah. The whole, like, for me, the the best way to think of it is either a really really busy day at work where you're nonstop taking shit in, and you ne- like it's one of those days where you're so busy listening to people tell you what you have to do, planning for what you have to do, that you leave having spent your entire day busy, but you never finished as much as you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that's that was me every day this week. That's the fucking yes. worst, and that was me for 
like legitimately dude like three fucking months this year oh and it killed me. I, I can't if i had to keep up this pace for three months i i don't i don't know i'd be able to it was like there was this there was this stretch at work where we were like we didn't know what we were doing yeah or we were, we were figuring out what we were doing that's yeah that was like me this week um we didn't have we had to like kind of make the direction make the process make the documentation yep figure it all out yep while figuring it out and making a plan for it, we had deadlines to do it. Right. Dude, that's you're you're describing basically like my whole thing. It is I am sorry to hear that, man, because it is truly taxing on your mind. It it, it is. And it, it is. like is like not only exhausting, it actually it's I was talking to a coworker about this. It spiraled me into a depression and anxiety yeah. fueled like I was in a bad place. So Yeah. I would uh, honestly do like take care of yourself. That's what I have been doing this week. Uh, I haven't drank at all. I have been going to bed at good times. Yeah. I, I threw some exercise in there. I've been like trying to make myself breakfast. Hell and just, yeah, like, dude. Be mindful. It does help, but like, if this were coming after like months and months of like already having been working, I think it'd be a lot harder. Weirdly, now I'm like, you know what? You haven't been at work for a while. This is a good challenge. This is a good like. I'm I'm looking at it that way. Like Dude, you can do this. That's like, the mentality. It's like prove it to yourself. Yeah, and like I, honestly, man, like it's so interesting. Well, I feel bad, but it's like it's interesting you're in this place now because I I feel like I was in a similar position. This I mean, it, there's no way to measure, right? You know, but it sounds comparable. Yes, yes, it does. And like it does suck, and it does get better because like right. I'm at a point now where like. It just feels the the workflow and the amount of responsibility feels more like normal, and people are more like it. Eventually, everything just becomes process, and everything mm, just becomes mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. you really figure it out. That's what I. That's what I'm excited for. It's just when it becomes like, normal. oh, this is like running on its own almost. Yeah, you know? it's more normal. Yeah, it's normalized. You're not, not like, like I'm scrambling from like meeting to meeting, and then in between all of those meetings, like working on dense like oh presentations God, and dude. deliverables and shit like, i had my God worst ever sunday night depression this year yeah the the it was, honestly not that much through the year but there was one night in particular i had a presentation the next day where i didn't really know what to expect mm-hmm. and i had to kind of lead it mm. and it was it was the day that we ended up, we went and watched the Celtics play the Bucks mm-hmm. at, at Murphy's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Which is crazy to think that that was a different Celtics season. <laughs> I know. God, uh, dude. When I went home, I was like truly fucking depressed. Yeah. It was. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's it's funny because the uh, one of the big silver linings is the fact that it's Christmas though, because it's like okay. You are going all out this week, but then you have a nice little break. And yes. Like, everyone's kind of just punting stuff till oh any, my God. anything that, like, you could start on, Here's, like, oh. outside of what I'm actually working on. No like, sense ah, in that. You know, we're, we're really looking to uh, FY19 on this, right, guy? <laughs> you know? Yes. Fiscal year 19. <laughs> Dude, you know what else? I, Which I, it technically is now. Our quarters are weird. Like, right. we're technically in fiscal year 19 now because our our – our fiscal year starts halfway through. That I think that's like somewhat. I think it can really start any month. It can. A business's yeah. fiscal year. Weird. Um, what I was gonna say is, are you ever like, you don't even mean to be, but you're, maybe not in your position because you're so new, 
but sometimes I'll see someone and like I'll, who I haven't seen at work in a while and we'll get in a conversation and I'll be like more candid than I probably should. Like the other day, this woman, uh, this woman I used to work with more often, we're really friendly. And like mm-hmm. I went, we walked up to each other in the cafe. We're like, Oh, how's it going? And she, she asked me, she's like, how you doing? I was like, Oh, you know, just uh, counting down the days until a break here. Dude, I just was I, straight up honest and just said that. I noticed today in particular, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I literally, so I was working on these slides with my boss. And I'm pretty comfortable with my boss. Like, we've known each other for years. But I literally sent her an email of, I was like, here's the slide so far in case I end up dead or dismembered. And, like, she, she thought it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, but, like, still. And, like, I will just notice sometimes... People will be having, a, like, you know how, like, little group conversations form around, like, yeah. your desk or whatever? And you're, like, part of the conversation, but you're kind of not. And, like, I'll offer things up sometimes that, like, I think are funny in my head. Just silence from people. I'm like, whatever. Yo, me too, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I slip in jokes all the time about just, like, anxiety and, yep. like, yep. And, and existential dread. Yeah. I slip yeah. them in. And, like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes crickets a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that's where we're at heading into our 2018 recap show. Yeah. So. I feel guilty, man. Cause today at work we had like, we actually got like a little outing. We got to go to boards and brews. That's nice. Well, I, I, we did do a quick team lunch. We went to street in Portsmouth, which is really good, nice, uh, man. but we were only, you know, it was like a normal hour. It wasn't like a, you know, you're, you're away for mm-hmm. an extended amount of time. The one last thing I was going to say. Is that my phone is in truly sorry shape. This yeah. fucking thing cannot hold the charge anymore. Uh-oh. And it's shattered enough where, like, look at this. You can literally see bad radio. Chunks of the inside of the phone in one of the cracks. Like, oh, hold yeah. that and look. No, I, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I'm seeing, like, the motherboard, dude. Yeah, you can, it, like, somehow still Are you going to get a new one? I don't know. I'm just going to ride it. It's the like, same with mentality as my car. I'm like, I'll just ride it out until I can't possibly use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It does die quick, though. Yeah. And, like, sometimes annoying. unexpectedly. It's annoying. Sometimes it'll be like, oh, it's at 30%, and then I look back, and it's at, like, literally two. Ah, uh, that's the worst, yeah. man. How long have you had that? Uh, since um, August 2015, so right before. Oh, so you're, like, due for an upgrade. Like, you would get one, right? Yeah. It's not like you'd have I, to pay, I, like. I heard they don't do the upgrade thing anymore. Oh, yeah, you, like, pay for it monthly until it's paid for or some bullshit like that. Whatever the case. Yeah, I got this the week before our North Carolina trip. Oh, wow, that's an old one. That's an oldie yeah, so but my, a goodie. My first pictures on here are of, like, <laughs> Mary-Kate and then Mitch with his fucking hat under right. the rainbow. Right, wow, that's awesome. Big shout to Mitch. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's do, do this thing. Let's get it Because I still have work to do. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, all right. Three, two, one.